You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by a pastor on staff here at East Coast Christian Center. Hello, everybody. Cannot wait to jump into today's chapter. I am Pastor David, and I am here with Nick. We are going to be digging into the chapter today. And if you're new to the episode or to the to the program, what we do is we read a chapter of the Bible the night before, and then we come into our Maryland location. We got a, a recording studio here. We read the chapter again, and we talk about God's breathed on our hearts. Today we got Second Samuel, uh, the fifth chapter in Second Samuel. Really good stuff here. I know Nick's got a ton of wisdom he's going to drop out on us, and I can't wait. I can't wait. How are you doing today, Nick? I'm doing good. You doing good? Yeah, excited. Got to get laughing before chatting it up with it, you. It has. It's been fun. Yeah. It has been a lot of fun. Well, i tell you what. Um, let everybody know how they can jump in and follow along with us. Yeah, so the first things first is you got to get our East Coast app. Come on. Um, and then you should go on the internet and look up our website, uh, eccc.us. Um, you can find all the info you need, events, past sermons, and morning breath episodes. Um, so do that. Uh, you can also find us on uh, all social media platforms except for Twitter because we don't use Twitter. Um, but Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, just search East Coast Christian Center. Or you can just call 321-452-1060 and we can email you um, or mail you with any information about East Coast. Come on, that's good stuff. Yes, sir. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff going down. We we love it. We try and stay uh, a church that's active with events and, and things going on um, inside of our community, trying to help and benefit a lot of stuff. And what we're doing next week is we really want you guys to get plugged in on this is we're doing a prayer week. We're doing a, a prayer week. It's super powerful. Um, it's going to be uh, at 7 a.m. at our Merritt Island location, and it's going to be we're going to have some worship. We're going to pray over our communities. We're going to pray over a, a lot of stuff. We're going to pray over the next generation. We're going to pray over church leaderships. And, and it's really powerful. So come out 7 a.m. to our Merritt Island location and let's pray together. Let's just take a week. Let's not wait till the first of the year to, you know, reset, which is our new sermon series, reset yeah, our mind and our heart yeah. on God and get moving forward. And I'd even encourage you as a family, if you're listening to this as a family, um, talk about doing a fast that week. You know, talk about doing a fast. It'd be really kind of cool. So. And midweek, we're doing a night of worship. So, man, it's, it's going to be, be packed full of Jesus. It is. Yeah. It is. I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited. We should make every week like that. Yeah. want to invite everybody, just come on back to church. If you're wearing a mask, wear a mask. If you're not wearing a mask, don't wear a mask. But come back to church. Community is powerful. Yeah. It is powerful. So let's get back into community. Yeah. And right now, let's get into the chapter. What do you yes. think? What do you think, Nicholas? Second Samuel five. Twenty five mm. verses. Where are we gonna what do we talk about? We're gonna split this at thirteen? Yeah. I, I will pick it up at thirteen. And then I will start us off. So get me started. I'm ready I for this. I say unto you, read, sir. David reigns over all of Israel. Then all of the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and spoke, saying, Indeed, we are your bone and your flesh. Also, in time past, when Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel out and brought them in. And the Lord said to you, You shall shepherd my people Israel and be ruler over Israel. Therefore... All the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he was, and he reigned for 40 years in Hebron, and he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And, and in Jerusalem, he reigned 33 years over all Israel and Judah, the conquest of Jerusalem. 
Then the, and the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land who spoke to David, saying, You shall not come in here, but the blind and the lame will repel you. Thinking David cannot come in here, nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. Now David said on that day, Whoever climbs up the way of the water shaft and defeats the Jebusites, the lame and the blind, who are hated by David's soul, he shall be chief and captain. Therefore they say, therefore they say, the blind and lame shall not come into the house. And then David dwelt in the stronghold and called it the city of David. And David built all around from Milo and inward. So David went on and became great. And the Lord God of hosts was with him. Then Hiram, king of Tyre, sent a messenger to David and cedar trees and carpenters and masons. They built David a house. So David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people. And David took more concubines and wives from Jerusalem after he had come from Hebron. Also, more sons and daughters were born to David. Now, these are the names of those who were born to him in Jerusalem. <clears throat> Shemua, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon, Ibhar, Ishua, Napheg, Japhia, Elishema, Eliada, and Eliphalet. Now, the, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king, over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David, and David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go, go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baalparazim. And David defeated them there, and he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me, like a breakthrough of water. Therefore he called the name therefore he called the name of that place Baalparazim. And they left their images there, and David and his men carried them away. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of the of Rephaim. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, and he said, You shall not go up, circle around behind them, and come up Come upon them in front of the mulberry trees, and it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly, for the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David said, and David did so, as the Lord commanded him, and he dove, drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. Ah, man. Man, what a just historically based chapter right here. And if you're reading through this, you might be like, man, there's nothing that applies in my life here. I don't get it. I don't see what God's trying to speak to me. But the word of God will not return void. And we know now that that God is the same from the beginning to the end. And in this, I, I just want to point out something that really jumps out to me is the very opening the very opening two scriptures have a whole sermon series inside of it. It says, Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and spoke, saying, Indeed, we are your bone and your flesh. I'll stop right there. Look at that. All the tribes of Israel came to David. You see, David is about to receive the most toxic and corrupting thing that humanity can ever receive, and that is power and authority. 
All right. But he did not receive it by his own will, his own ways, his own hand. He didn't he wasn't he wasn't like a, a politician in modern America on a campaign trail of just trying to convince people. You see, all of the leaders of all of the tribes come to him. And what they say to him is, indeed, we are your bone and your flesh. They're saying, hey, we're your family, man. We we're going to follow you like we are one. We are, we are together in this. And that is so important. And when it comes to leading something that is so important that when it comes to influencing people that you don't have to put your hope, your faith, your trust in always having to convince, always having to be able to um, persuade that that's not how you need to do it. David didn't do any of that. And we'll, we'll look at here what he did do in a second. But when real power and authority and control is actually used in a healthy way, it's actually in, in unity. There's actually peace in it. There's actually a sense of camaraderie to it. And that's how you know Christ is in the center of it. But if there's backstabbing, if there's gossiping, if there is brokenness on that level, then I would be very careful. I would be very careful about it. Actually, here at the church, Oftentimes, we don't move forward in a new endeavor or in, in, in a new endeavor or in a situation without all of us pastors being in full agreement. And it might take us a little bit to get there. Uh, we speak honestly, we speak from our hearts, but we really value unity and moving forward in unity. So when we we make a decision that um, the outcome of that decision, it, it's all of us. It's all of us. It's not one person was smart, another person was stupid, one person's a genius, the other person just doesn't have vision. None of that, none of that talk happens. So I want to encourage you today, you know, you don't have to rely on your own strength all the time when it comes to actually being a leader and getting influence and power um, because God might be giving you that because he wants to make an impact through you. Yeah, I, I feel like I've learned um, at this church and from our leadership um, that it's really important that you don't lead from your title. Come on. Um, you know, you're you're given a title when you get maybe get promoted or whatever. But um, just what I've learned and what my pastors have taught me is is lead with a servant's heart, and God will do the rest. He'll guide your people, um, his people really, but your team possibly in this scenario, to follow you with respect, um, and not because you've told them that you're their leader and they need to listen to you. So that's what I was. That's what I got from what you were saying there. Like, Amen. Yeah, dude. You know what? You know what's crazy, Nick? Is check this out. When <laughs> when it goes to the next. Uh, also, in time past, when Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel out and brought them in. And the Lord said to you, "You shall be a shepherd, shepherd of my people, Israel, and be ruler over Israel." What you what people don't know in this moment, if you just read this chapter, is kind of cool. Is um, there's another verse in the Bible that says, "When kings, in the season when kings go to war," and what happened was is. Kings would go to war at, just like we have football season or basketball season. They had war season. <laughs> yeah, and it's it was very strategic. It was because at other times um, the the ground wasn't right. The the a lot of things were not right to move hundreds and thousands of uh, person troops. Right. So when Saul was supposed to be defending Israel versus the Philistines versus the the Hittites, the Amorites, the Moabites, he wasn't. He was chasing David. Mm-hmm. David was taking this small group of guys and he was going on the outskirts of Israel. And as the enemy armies were trying to come in to those out, outlander families and burn their farms and burn their homes and kill them and, and pillage them, David was taking this small group of men and fighting them off. Well, that was the king's job. 
Yeah. And just like you said, David was serving and protecting Israel before he was ever king. He was doing the king's job without the king's title. Mm -hmm. And the king was more, Saul was more wrapped up on his ego. Right. Capturing David, showing, you know, getting rid of, getting rid of David, hunting him down. And had he actually probably been focused on keeping Israel safe, maybe his outcome would have been different and not dying on the sword and um, getting killed by a, a Hittite person. So, but David actually, and that's so important, is that, you know, you don't need a crown to be a king. Yep. You don't. And so many people, and I'm, I'm here to say this too, you don't need the title pastor to spiritually lead people. Come on. All right. That's something you do because that's what God created you to do. Yeah. And that's who you are as a person. And that's what you're passionate about in your heart. Or maybe, you know what, that's what you're called to do in the season of life that you're in for a group of people. But if you're waiting for a title, like like Nick said, to, to step out yeah. and who you feel you are, man, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Be who you are and titles will come and go. Yeah. So You're called to be, um, have someone above you, next to you and um, like younger you, l younger than you, someone that can pastor you. Mm -hmm. uh, like David's pastor David said is, is um, someone should be there to pastor you and lead you into your next season. You should have people next to you um, to help you um, to do life with you. Like, you know, they're mm -hmm. going through the same things that you're going through. And then you should have someone younger that, than you that you can pastor. And like pastor David said, you don't need to have the title of pastor to lead Come someone on. that's younger than you into the into their next season because the reason why you can do that is because you have already gone through that season you've already you know outgrown that age whatever happens in that age time like you have experienced that you've learned um, and grown and why not help the next generation grow up into that you know their next season um, and just become stronger uh, so that they don't have to make the same mistakes that you might have you know, and, and um, there, I'll just jump ahead to a verse that I liked. Um, verse 19, it says, So David inquired to the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the, the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. And this is like, this is like, oh, this is interesting. Because God's saying doubtless because, like, you shouldn't even have to think, Will God get me through this? No, the answer is before you even ask the question, God will get me through this. That's good. Um, That's really good. Yeah, and that that just really popped out to me. Um, if you had anything to say about that, no, I'm listening to you. Preach me strong. Yeah, it's a yeah, man. That's so good. I love that. David historically, in his most successful, uh, even going back, attacking off what Nick just said. If you go back, it's like, and then he ruled here for like seven years, and he ruled over there for like thirty three years. And then he would go and take this city, and then would, he would name it his own self, or like like name it city of David after himself. Um, you know, David was flawed in all honesty, but he got one thing right, and and Nick really camped out on it. Before he went out to do something, he asked God, "Should I go do this? Is this your plan? Do you want me to do this?" Yeah. And um, uh, I know it preaches really well to say oh, we always do that. Do you? Do you always do that? Because I don't know. You know, like I know you're at you know the the car dealership looking to buy a new car, and you're saying, God, do you want me to have this car payment? Yeah. You know? Or you're you know you're about to launch into a new commitment, and you're like, man, God, is this what you want me to do? Because if He calls you to it, He has more than enough grace to sustain you in it. Mm -hmm. Okay. You um you gotta understand that, but you you have to cry out for miracles all the time when you don't slow down 
and just be obedient to what you believe he's saying to you. And now this also unpacks hearing from God and, and was that God and a lot of stuff. So I understand it's not as easy as it sounds, but there's actually scientific evidence that says that if you are in your Bible one day a week, there's not a huge change in your life. Mm-hmm. If you're in two days a week, it's about the same. Not a huge change. But mm-hmm. once you start hitting your three days and four days a week of reading Scripture and praying, there's a they say there's a drastic change in a person's life. Yeah. That actually stress and anxiety gets reduced by about 30 to 40 percent. Um, people that are read their Bibles uh three to four times a week um, say they do not struggle with being lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, that Not they don't feel loneliness, but they don't struggle with being lonely. Right. Um, there's a lot of benefits in it. So just the simple obedience of being in your word is so powerful. And, uh, if, and if you can't connect with that, I don't want to compare reading the Bible to like practicing sports or playing video games and wanting to get better at something. No, that's good. But like if you want to get better at something, you have to do it more than once a week. That's why, you know, soccer practice isn't just, you know, for your kids or if you play soccer, you don't just have practice once a week and then you got a game on Saturday. It's you're playing throughout the week. You're playing more than three or four days a week because you have to refine your skill and that's mm-hmm. not gonna come from just one or two days. Like that just seems lazy if you just practice one or two days one or two days of the week, you know, like you have to do it for more times throughout the week to actually like grow. Dude spot on, man. Yeah. Dude spot on. It's like you're a drummer. When right. you started off drumming, like I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Right. I can't carry a beat in a bucket. Right. But like you didn't just practice one day a week, you know what I mean? And then think you're gonna play on Sunday morning and, you know, be able to carry the band, right? right? Yeah, yeah, I, what no. was it like when you first started off practicing? When I first started practicing, so I, I used to practice on like a, a really cheap electric drum kit. And it was like, I'd play on it all day, every day. And like, to be honest, I still sucked. But I kept up, you know, I Come kept on. it up. And, 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 and over the course of six years, you know, I'm, I'm where I am now. And, um, yeah, it, it doesn't come from giving up and then coming back in and um, only doing it once a week. Like, you have to refine, you know. So could you imagine if David at 18, 19, or 20 was like, God, where are you at? You had that old man come and give a prophecy over me. You had the prophet come, Samuel, and give a prophecy yep. over me that I'm going to be, you know, he anointed him king. Yep. You know, at an early age, at like 15, 16, 17. Yep. He's like, what? You had to have patience. Yeah. But look at what happens when you build patience when no one's looking. The success mm. you have is 40 years long. Yeah. Like when he built the character when no one was looking, that character sustained him when everybody was looking. I can't even imagine 40, like mm. waiting that long for yeah. a prophecy. Like, oof. I know this. I know, like, Pastor Matt and Jessica are leading the church now, but we knew as a leadership team four years ago that we were going to start a three-year handoff between Pastor Dan and Pastor Matt. Yeah. And we couldn't tell nobody in the first two years that Mm -hmm. that's how we were going to position and do stuff. And it was difficult. It was difficult. But the truth is, is that once again, going into unity, uh, being together as a team, knowing what we're going to do and having the vision, knowing that God was in the center of it, mm-hmm. uh, made the exchange between Pastor Dan, who is still active, yep. still leading in our church, still a huge part of East Coast Christian Center, um, and Pastor Matt, who is at the helm now, is the the senior pastor, and has made that so much better on all of us that it's been a, a clean transition. But it came down to the that hearing from God, 
being in unison. And then now we're believing for that 40, 50, 60 years of just God's blessing. In it. And one thing I want to point out, though, too, um, before we head to a break here in a little bit, is that notice what happens. And this goes against a, some, some, some schools of thought in Christianity. So D- David becomes king. He takes this city, all right? And then all of a sudden, this guy from Tyre, Hiram from Tyre, this king says, I'm going to build you. I'm going to straight go MTV Cribs, and I'm going to build you a house, all right? And that's all you hear of it. That's all you hear of it, right? Yeah. Guys, when you're walking in the will of God, don't be afraid to pray for things. Don't be afraid to... um, when you're walking in the ways of God, don't be afraid to be like, God, I really would love, I mean, I need a bigger house. I've, you know, I, or my family's outgrowing it. That's not selfish. You see, yeah. God flagrantly blessed David to show his favor was on David. Yeah, It wasn't like the king was like sleeping out homeless. No, I'm sure David had a home. Yeah. All right. But God's like, no, no, no. That dude's walking in my will and my ways. I'm going to dump some blessing out on him. Yeah. And no explanation needed. Yeah. And like the dude showed up. And bless the king. Yeah. And, you know, you are, you know, priests and kings of a royal priesthood here, yeah. you know, and don't be, you know, you need to be believing that God has blessings for you. And it's a good and holy thing. Yeah, it's not easy. Um, I definitely struggle with that of because my thought process is like, I don't want to ask for something because I don't want to be a bother. But God's not going to sit there and be like, no, this is bothering me that you're asking for because uh, uh, my wife and I are on the market for a new house. And so it's hard once we sat down and figured out what we can afford. It's like, but we want to believe for something bigger and better. Um, but it's it can be difficult to you know sit down and pray and ask for something better. But I just need to remind myself that God wants the best for me and he wants to um, bless my socks off. And that doesn't mean that I should just wait for him to give it to me like I should ask, you know, ask and you shall receive, um, God talks about. And so, yeah. Dude, that's good. That's good. It reminds me of my son and an Xbox. He's oh, crying man. out. The, you know, we're believing for stuff. We're all talking about what we're believing for. And we put our stuff out there. And he goes, I'm believing for an Xbox, Dad, a brand new Xbox so I can join my friends. Yeah. And it really just got, uh, spoke to me on the level of, like, I also am weighing in the factor of, like, when he's ready for it. You know, and if, you know, this blessing won't actually hinder him in the wrong season. Right. And I know God's got an incredible blessing of a house for you. I mean, I'm just saying that right now. Yeah. I know he does because I've seen him do it in my story. He'll do it in yours. Yeah. But God's timing, God's favor, God's blessing is where in his will and his ways. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to jump to a break and then we'll be right back. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too big or too small. 
Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Find them online at ineedafence.com. The New Thing Youth Church is a generation of students destined to change the world through God's power and love. If you're between 7th and 12th grade, join us every week for fun, relationships, and the Word of God. The New Thing Youth Church meets at the Parkway Worship Center every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. and Sunday night at Vieira High School at 6 p.m. Check out our TNT Youth Church app for more details. For over 30 years, Cabron Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabron Air will take care of it. Their phone number is 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or find them online at cabron.com. Customer satisfaction is their top priority. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. At East Coast Christian Academy, our mission is to create a space where children will thrive, and we believe they grow best in a safe, clean, Christ-centered environment. We're passionate about showing the love of Jesus to children in our community and helping them become everything God has called them to be. At East Coast Christian Academy, we are all about family. We work hard to foster a culture and environment of positive attitudes and teamwork. And we provide flexible schedule options for team members who have their own busy family lives. Do you have experience in early childhood educational environments in the heart for the next generation? If so, we have room on the team for you. Find out more about joining our academy team online at eccc.us slash academy or call us at 321 453 Kids. That's 321-453-5437. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. What an incredible chapter that we've had, 2 Samuel 5. As we jump back into this, uh, we see that David's obedient, David's patient, and then David receives a blessing. He he has a long career. There's favor over him. And he actually has a moment, though, and I want to encourage you by this. He has a moment where he's like, man, we're going to go take Jerusalem, right? And we're going to fight these people. And then they mock him, and there's this weird thing and where they say, you know, even the blind and lame can stop you, David. And then David throws, like, a hurling insult of, like, you guys are blind and lame, and then they get some weird expression off of it, um, which would never be able to be politically correct now to say yeah. like <laughs> but this is what I want to point out about this por- portion of scripture because David did not use a conventional army in a season of his life to defend Israel and what he thought and what other people might have thought I don't know if David thought this actually what other people might have looked over and said you know what 
you and your mighty men are not uh, standard. You are not conventional. Um, he had out-of-the-box thinking. So when he looked at a city that was fortified, he didn't think fight it like uh, a normal king would fight it. He's like, oh, man, if I'm going to win that battle, uh, we better go in through their sewer system. And that's in essence what he was saying. We're going to go in through the water and sewer system if we're going to win this because otherwise we can't take it because he had to think that way. Yeah. You know, the season of your life could be training up your mind to operate different than other people's minds because God's going to position you in a place where he needs you thinking differently than other people. You see, that city was boasting that it couldn't be beaten yeah. because they were thinking that they would face a king that thought like every other king. Right. They didn't know God sent a man that thought differently differently that was faithful that was patient you know be those things and watch how god can just drop wisdom down on you so yeah the things that you go through now in this season is actually preparing you for your next season god's putting things in your minds um to prepare you for uh, what struggles and and things that might come up in your next season so don't look at struggles now as struggles now but something that's preparing you for um what's to come and what's god's preparing you for so good yeah. stuff man yeah Love it. All right, guys. See you guys later. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath Podcast.